Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Go to tacticalpermaculture.com for more info. Welcome to Tactical Permaculture, episode number five. This is Off-Grid, Off-Road Truck Steading in the Desert Heat, originally published on September 3rd, 2021. Tonight, I want to um, officially, I don't know if it's, well, depending on what uh, measure you might use, more or less, I can say that I did (laughs) survive the summer the most extreme desert survival summer experience of my life. And I could say that now and there could be more heat waves and I could feel like everything I just survived was like nothing compared to what I'm about to have to survive. But I'm going to pray that that's not true. I'm going to pray that this uh, beautiful morning that I woke up to and actually had to... um, for the first time and it feels like an eternity actually use a blanket in the morning um and uh yeah there's there's a bit of backstory i'm a a heat lover there's people who um you know i know there's people who who can't stand the cold can't stand or can't stand the heat different types of people i'm definitely somebody who loves the heat and really does not like the cold um, I'll be, of course, have hopefully survived long enough to talk talk again and pl- talk plenty about cold cold climate survival stuff. From my experience, um, this is I'm yeah I'm I'm looking at a a, a uh, an adventure uh, as as the temperature changes and and I I ask myself you know you think you think that it was bad. I mean, you're, you're, it's like you're praying for the temperature to change. You're praying for spring and fall because those are the more moderate seasons. <laughs> because in places like where I am now, more than ever, um, there's there's extremes, and so yeah, I don't I don't know what the winter's going to be like, but um, definitely I can say for sure this summer was the most grueling experience. Um, of surviving summer it's i'm not going to say it's the hardest thing i've ever done or the worst experience or anything like that it's been beautiful it's been amazing i've learned a lot but it, i think it's been some of the i mean it's pushed to the limits it's a really a lot of pressure and pushing to the you know pushing to wit's end and um and really having to from extreme conditions um adapt to to survive and also to i don't want to say st- I don't want to. I, I don't want to stay sane. I don't want to say sane. I don't want to say that. 
Oh, it's it's helped me understand how I would want to better define insanity and the different degrees of it because, uh, you know, people toss things around like losing your mind, you know, going crazy, um, going psycho, or going insane. And it's just, there's so many... Oh, there's there's so many different um, uh, things that can that can kind of distort what you think is normal and what other people certainly just think is normal about about the way your mind works and um, and so I will yeah I'll get into a little bit of that but um, but yeah I'm just super grateful that uh, even if this isn't the worst at least the, the the first indications you know there was a bit of a of a rain and that and and when the rain comes down even if it's baking hot, <laughs> blistering hot even while it's raining which i i really like that actually but um because it does cool you down a little bit um it is super magical to see sun and clouds at the same time rain clouds and sun shining and super magical rainbows of course um goes without saying <laughs> but uh but it it was just so long with so few even cool breezes and such uh unforgiving baking heat um it just would go from from just crippling to more crippling back to a little bit less crippling but still crippling heat and uh, it's been 24 7 for months and um i'm not complaining i'm not lamenting you know people have it worse you know, I'm glamping for all intents and purposes. Um, not because I mean, glamping compared to people who are dealing with severe natural disaster, displacement, and, and basically environmental refugees. You know, I'm I'm voluntarily putting myself into 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 a lifestyle that's one I've had for many years, but this is the most extreme iteration of it. But there's a big difference between me choosing to do this and having the means to retreat back to some form of air-conditioned plumbed power grid supplied you know fully administered um apartment existence somewhere or even warehouse existence or, or something somewhere um you know i feel like i've had all almost every extreme across the spectrum i've lived in mansions i've lived in dumpsters uh lived on sleeping on the site on the sidewalk with a skateboard as a pillow and no blanket and um and everything in between literally and so um i feel pretty i guess well-rounded and <laughs> it's funny to say no pun intended um i don't feel too sheltered <laughs> but i'm at a point where yeah, I could I could kind of just like um give up and go and pay a bunch of money and to the man to rent some place and then have all those amenities but without getting into all the toxic fumes from the carpets and the paints and even even the water and I mean just trying to go go off grid and wild west cowboy style kind of rustic and really trying to get into a certain aesthetic and be in a certain character and a vibe um 
is very intentional. It's, a, it's an intentional community of one, and the intention is to avoid the worst of COVID mania and um, and and try to start to eliminate toxic inputs into my life, into my body, into my eyes, uh, into my ears, to my brain waves. And uh, if that for me has meant a situation where yeah, it just happens to be, you know, record-breaking heat waves. Um, well, <laughs> I can say I wish that I was able to start this journey sooner and that, that uh, it didn't just so happen that the only time I could really break free to this uh, to this extent, you know, like in the words of Michael Reynolds when he went off-grid into the desert, I believe, in Arizona and started building his um, experimental uh, earthships. And uh, when he got himself, you know, with water and off grid and you know that's when i mean that was really impactful when he said he just like looked around at his life and he's like holy you know i am free you know and this look on his face when he says that in that documentary garbage warrior that always stuck with me you know it's of course we want to be sustainable of course we want to do things like homesteading grow your own food but but it's the way he said that just really struck a deep chord and and i've never been able to get as free as he as free as as I want to be which is where where he was at which is like you don't have to go back for anything maybe ever or at least for a very long time and at some point it's you're not doing supply runs anymore you are supplying yourself because <laughs> however many months or years it took to go back and forth to make supply runs to your very very um free and off-grid existence eventually you're recycling your nutrients you have zero waste you're not producing any trash you're reusing and recycling everything and you're growing food and medicine and uh you know i would love to think that someday all of my mechanical devices electronic devices can just break down and um I don't know, maybe I'd turn them into gardens or something, but that eventually, or, you know, properly dispose of them, but not replace them and eventually be 100% organic from everything is just very rustic, almost like an anachronistic society where, like, I think I'd just like to live in the era, for example, of uh, a beautiful film I just watched, the 1982, I believe, 1982 uh, Chinese Kung Fu film just simply called Shaolin Temple. And I look at everything that they have, all of the handmade, all of the wood, all of the brickwork and woodwork and gardens and fabrics and dyes, and it's just like all of that was before toxic hyper chemical toxic petroleum plastic everything and uh anyway yeah i mentioned that before that's the intention is to start moving that direction so it just so happens to be you know you, you uh, there's the stakes are high to go off grid now i mean <laughs> if there was ever an argument to be made to stay plugged into the matrix and to stay sheltered if you can not lose your mind around COVID restrictions, but, you know, you want to stay in a, you know, uh, maybe, maybe it is, maybe it is, uh, 
uh, I certainly, I certainly had to question myself. Like, are you serious about this? This is your rhetoric. This is what you asked for. You prayed for this. You wanted this your whole life. If you turn your, if you turn around and you go back with your tail between your legs and go rejoin civilization after all of the shit talk you've done, no. Now you have the means uh, to do it, uh, and um, it's just a question. It's not a question for me. It's not a question of going back and and quitting it's a question of if for me glamping is something very very simplistic uh call it a, a bamboo hut on a on a pickup truck that i call truck steading and i'm probably not the one coining that term but um for me i've yeah like i said i've lived everywhere i've lived all kinds of contexts and that obviously includes Two door, two door cars, four door cars, vans, trucks, and whatnot. And for me, the sweet spot of my whole life has been this last couple years of being a nomadic um, permaculture designer, landscaper, working on crews, doing my own gigs, um, from design to install and whatnot. To where there's a versatility of a truck versus a van if you need to load things load mulch bag things up load tools and whatnot and um and and so you can be a lot more it can be a lot more of a swiss army knife with uh with a, a truck than with a van or obviously a car even though i've done epic stuff for years and years with with all of the above but but i've, I've always wanted a truck and it was a gift for me to have a truck and uh, a really sacred gift from from someone who means a lot to me and really knows what I would do with it. And of course, you know, it was like straight up get my homie who's a welder and fucking some beers and some money and some joints later we weld to we hack up this uh this old ladder rack and turn it into a, a corrugated tin roof solar panel mounted um epic like um breathing wind flows through you can hear things it's it's private enough and it's secure enough with bamboo walls bamboo fencing walls basically that uh it just doesn't feel it's it doesn't it you're not getting baked like a potato in any other type of normal camper where you're just surrounded by metal walls um you know for for what people would just assume is is extra weatherproofing and security but but i learned years ago that i could be happy and i could be dry and i could be secure with just bamboo fence walls and a tarp for a roof or you know slightly upgraded to a corrugated metal roof and that's pretty much putting me you know in league with um, people all over southeast asia people all over the so-called third and fourth world so you know still compared to them i'm glamping because i have my computer and my phone and and a job, you know, or, you know, <laughs> I've had many jobs and now my job is to participate in securing various crypto networks and um, keep myself out of trouble and uh, and and do do some permaculture gigs, landscaping gigs and whatnot um, and do this podcast and just be uh, sort of... Um, uh, it's not the, I wouldn't call it the four-hour work week, but it's definitely the not working for the man anymore. And uh, 
doing a lot of, um, well, living the dream and uh, finally what that dream is, is like, yeah, I want to basically, I, I love the, the design and the architecture of people throughout um, the tropics who have bamboo everywhere and then everything is bamboo it's like from the, the the people in China or Hong Kong living on boats their whole lives and that whole that whole boat village concept and then to, from that to the people who live on like bamboo hut piers all throughout the islands of Southeast Asia and just you know that's my that's my dream you know to eventually have no technology and to be fishing and foraging and living uh tribally in in a village of that of that type and whether or not whether if it's possible to sort of synthesize that and to and to sort of um transpose or extrapolate from that in in the u.s somehow as a without expatriating then you know i'm gonna at least i'm gonna do my best to try to push myself to those limits of austerity of of like no there's not really you know, there's not really like a, a, um, there's no crew who's waiting to come and pull me out. You know, if I fuck this up, I'm dead. And, you know, um, and I don't have that village. I don't have anything to buffer and offset like being injured or having heat stroke or <laughs> any kind of medical issue. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's just like the people who, you know, I would, this is even, I would say this is less brave and 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 courageous than anybody who hikes any of those long trail hikes and that's i mean you know there's people on the trail and you know there's somewhat some accommodations so somewhat that i'm aware of i've never done that kind of that kind of um backpacking stuff but uh i mean i've lived out of backpacks being homeless but but i i see them as being even more epic and they're you know facing the the wild and like the unknown and being tactically disadvantageous uh you're not really obliged to be armed in a lot of different places so it's nice to be doing this this um solo off-grid experiment um and it's just i'm not i'm not complaining that it happens to be at such a hot you know such a hot experiment but or i mean such a hot time in the history of the world um but i know what i have to do to adapt to it but the sad irony is that uh if i would have got out here a couple of months earlier just because of um being the luck of the draw i mean everything happened the way it had to i'm not going to go into details about the transition exactly how it shook out but you know one door closes another door opens and this was one of the most beautiful exemplary transitions of that nature of um really you know having um it can be <laughs> if you look back i mean sometimes we say that happens with relationships i mean it certainly is a thing of like okay you thought you wanted to be with that person forever but then you really but then not that you start cheating on them but that 
you know, formally ends, you break up with each other, and then in a healthy, not like toxic, reboundy way, you actually have new space in your life, and maybe you're working on yourself a little bit, and then your next opportunity is something you think really puts in context what you were putting up with, and you were just super thrilled, and you just then are super grateful that you know that that ended and you but you were and you're surprised wow I never thought I would let go of it or it was really hard to let go over the time but then look what happened because I had a good attitude about it or because I was proactive somehow I was blessed so that's how I feel about going from always having the rug pulled on me as a gardening someone else's property or gardening the community garden or whatever it was it's like the rug always would get pulled and it's just a weird form of um trauma that that makes it very demoralizing to always be starting from scratch and having the best years of your life and the best years of your back and everything of that you want to do i want to plant a million trees well son sorry to tell you you know you planted most of those trees for other people on their properties and you don't have much to show for it um and you have a lot of mileage on you and a lot of pain, back pain, you know, uh, from working those long shifts and working in in that productionist mindset of, um, you know, you don't get to stop working if you have, you know, you have to, you have to just suck it up and suffer. Otherwise, you'll be replaced. You know, there's no, there's no, um, no mercy in 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 the workaday world. It's sad to say, and. Um, But it's, yeah, so I, all I'm saying is that I have, all I'm saying is that I'm extremely grateful to have what I have, and I don't, I don't, I'm not thinking the grass is always greener. I'm thinking, okay, if this is, I'm, if I'm doing extreme heat wave climate change survival work, training, uh, exposure, you know, then, um, then so be it. Then I will learn from it. I'll adapt to it. I'm not. I'm not at all um, wishing that it would have happened differently. I'm just. But I. But it is. It is interesting. And I'd say it's kind of. It's an extra blessing, actually. You know, to be, <laughs> to be, to be deluding myself to an extent. But basically, um, yeah. If if I would have just happened to have had that transition happen a couple of months earlier, like let's say in earlier in the winter or the fall. Then, then it being late, late winter, uh, practically spring when I got here, um, spring already here, it started to quickly become too hot to do anything at all, <laughs> and uh, there, and including even all night. And um, I got in maybe a few weeks of just like basic base camp setup and basic kind of just getting into a flow of of just survive of just surviving off of preps you know and and experimenting a little bit with a little bit of a nursery but realizing quickly that just evaporated you know like i've never encountered heat like this except for the times you know in places like vegas or arizona where it's just like yeah you just don't you don't go outside but what if like all of that all of that like you walk outside of an air-conditioned place and then it feels like um princess vespa's fucking giant uh, blow dryer from uh from space balls is like pointed at there's like a million of them pointed at your head at full blast just constantly like i rem- you know i remember like oh my god going from in vegas from from a condo to to a car 
um, it just feels like it feels like you're getting hit by a freight train of heat that just is all absorbing and just starts melting your fucking brain out your ears instantaneously and you suffer through for a few minutes to get you know in and out of buildings and things but uh feels like fucking mars and there's no way if if there's no way that if if uh if somebody told me in any of those moments like hey ben guess what we got a job for you we got a mission for you it's going to help you you know find yourself build your soul and test your sanity and your wits and it's basically you're going to live 24 7 outside with no air conditioning of any kind and barely any water and uh, you're gonna have to do triage with your water which means you know get into it like the what what it meant to what it meant to be pushed to the limits of um, rationing water meaning you know and then not realizing oh yeah the golden one gallon per person per day that's very that's literally very fair weather because i was pounding not not like um i shouldn't say pounding but i I was uh nursing on up to two gallons a day about averaging about two gallons a day just and that's and then you're like with urination like stopping and (laughs) turning into sorry if it's tmi but this is part of you know understanding this stuff and i'm not the only you know survival uh, thrill seeker adventurer daredevil who talks about you know the color of their urine that's something you have to monitor the the the, the thickness the the uh duration the frequency the the color uh the smell um the sensations the change like basically it's it's something you have to monitor to be to be and i'm not giving medical advice here but uh but it's a you know knowing the knowing the 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 um the thresholds between heat exhaustion and heat stroke and that stuff to do your own research on uh look up uh, i always reference uh doc bones and nurse amy's survival medicine hour the doom and bloom podcast that's uh all stuff they the banners they they work under but um i've been reading their books listening to their podcasts and you know it's a beautiful thing when you encounter a medical situation hopefully not emergency but a situation or emergency anything on that continuum and you know and having their voices in my head now (laughs) not because i lost my mind because the brain because the brain cooked my brain cooked the sun and uh and 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 then and then (laughs) that my 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 ears got melted out of my brain and then my brain cooked the sun it's not because of that that's something else but uh but it's their voices because if you learn something and, and you learn it through a podcast or audiobook or some other, you know, uh, in-person training or whatnot, you might remember, you might sort of see and hear and feel this like guardian angel of the teacher or teachers there for you when you need them um, to remind you of like, don't cut corners on doing that, that first aid on that boo-boo you just got, you know, don't don't let it get dirty um pay attention to the signs of infection uh you know rest hydrate uh, cover those sleeves you know put on the long sleeves like things that a million times you might you might always do it right but then one time you just get in a rush or you you're you know you're over it or you think you know for whatever reason or it's absent-mindedness but to have that guardrail 
that's really powerful. So, you know, I, believe me, this has been the last uh, year and a half or so. If it wasn't for them, maybe I would be dead. Seriously, you know, if it wasn't for them, it, it is the most important piece of my wannabe Rambo civilian wannabe Rambo survival. Yeah, I don't have military training formally. I have a lot of people who have come out of the military and trained me in various types of um, military-esque things. But, um, you know, from ranger-type things, uh, outdoors person-type things that are straight out of military manuals, yes, I have some second-hand paramilitary training in a few things, nothing to... Um, you know, to, nothing to put on a contractor resume and try to get hired or something, but, but definitely like some exposure to that. And, uh, and, and, and then this mystique of like, yeah, I'm a prepper. I'm a survivalist. Like I'm a, I'm fucking, you, I'm a Swiss army knife, you know, and I don't have, I don't consider myself like a badass in that regard. I consider myself somebody who gets his fucking ass handed to him all the time and doing this stuff. But but it's really, it's kind of like um, if you have a baseline and you know what to be researching, you know where to find the information, you, you kind of have some more wherewithal about your, your, you know, my list of unknown unknowns is regarding survival stuff. It's pretty small compared to people who don't care about this stuff and, you know, just <laughs> no, no offense if this is you but the, well I'm not even going to say what the funniest thing is but 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 basically just live a totally blissfully ignorant carefree life where everything is administered everything is you know convenient and you just kind of get everything supplied to you and then with no redundancy no resilience no backup plan no thought forethought to things not being the way you take them for granted then you are the most vulnerable and you're going to panic the most and suffer the most and maybe die depending on the situation whereas if you became some level of a civilian rambo wannabe a team macgyver whatever it is there's not really like there's not really like a, a cultural, um, there's not like a prepper cartoon, you know, I mean, G.I. <laughs> Joe would say that knowing is half the battle and you might pick up a few things from that. But as far as I know, there hasn't been any sort of like positive, empowering, um, like there's no Disney movie about preppers that's, you know, all you have is like the, the shock value of um doomsday prepper type stuff and uh you know things have evolved since then of course there's homesteading stuff but like but it's really you know it's really a lot about like a lot of people in the prepper world will say it's like the survival tv shows and stuff um they're like i'm not i'm not gonna be in a peanut gallery um armchair quarterbacking you know the the, the survival tv show industry um but but i'll just point out a pattern and maybe an area that can obviously just be developed upon which is that uh you know the the thing that the thing that seems to dominate in general is like this idea of um cutting somebody off from all of their supplies and and you know all of their all the preps that they have been amassing in different in different areas of their life um you know i call it the 
the prep, prepping pyramid to have what you carry in your pockets, you know, on you, on your person at all times. That's often called everyday carry, but I call that, you know, your, the zone of your, of your person. And then you have the zone of your 72 hour emergency kit back, uh, backpack that has its straps onto the back, not a duffel bag. So you have your, your go bag, bug out bag, uh, rucksack, whatever you want to call it. That's like the zone two. And then zone three is what you pack into your vehicle. And then after that, you've got your workplace and then your home and then your survival retreat. And, uh, beyond that, of course, the wilderness. Um, but in every, there's like a scale or a fractal in every one of those zones you have, you know, you have, um, what I, I kind of broke it out, broke it down into, I've, d- I've done a podcast where I read the thing. So it's in the, it's in the backlogs of the podcast, the prepping pyramid, basic preparedness, um, pyramid. And, um, yeah, the reason I use a pyramid is because yeah, this it's a fractal where at the top, at the, at the sharp point of that pyramid is just you and your body, you know, you naked and afraid or whatever. Right. But then as you come down from that, every level towards the most solid broadest base that's like your survival retreat in the wilderness so but every one of those things it has basically some fractal version of your you know your your uh your tool shed your bathroom your medicine cabinet your kitchen your um your closet um even your junk drawer and certainly your like power supplies and whatnot so so you know when i build out a bug out bag I'm often compartmentalizing things um, to to be basically miniaturized versions of the different different um, sectors of a person's you know average person's home where they've got these different functional areas. Obviously, it makes it easier to sort and find things when you need them and and keep them organized. Um, but uh, but yeah. With that said, this um, going back to understanding the um well the the prepper industry and the way it's depicted and just like kind of moving away from that like oh let's see let's see how how much i can be deprived of and then see if i can pull off doing something really macgyvery you know like yeah that's fun and i i do that all the time too but there's also like a I, i would love to see more examples of people who are like i came to an environment and I brought everything I fucking needed to not have to suffer, to be appropriately prepared to face the elements and the dangers and the opportunities and everything for that mission. And that really is, that's why truck steading to me is so great and why I love, you know, listening to Mike Glover of Fieldcraft Survival Podcast uh, because he does bring that authentic military training background. He does know what it's like to live out of a, what they call a mobility platform which is a new a new term to me but i'm learning about like oh it's not a gun it's a weapon system it's not a a bug out vehicle it's a mobility platform so there's there's some interesting translation happening that i'm learning about but um but this idea that i'm not the only one to talk about this but the idea of like you should be able to plan to go into austere off road off grid settings and have everything you need not to suffer whatever the clothing requirements are whatever the hydration whatever it is tools maps whatever it is like you're not like (laughs) 
trying to, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's, I'm, I'm, it's obviously good to be able to do anything, everything, you know, survive anywhere with nothing and except your wits. And, uh, and, and I have, I would say a, a, a fair, more than my fair share of surviving on my wits alone. Um, that was certainly any time I was in a stressful survival situation before I got into prepping. But that's the whole point is like if you're if you're prepared, it shouldn't be a bunch of deprivation. It should be, OK, I prepared. I, I, I did the formulas. I applied the formulas. And so for me, going back to rationing water and you know having my ass handed to me and you know then you deal with stuff sometimes things break sometimes sometimes things underperform and and you learn the hard way and it can cost you your life you know and luckily the body is very resilient but i will say definitely like um it's been extremely humbling uh without going into the all the sort of um without me butchering the the medical science behind heat illness and all that stuff i will just describe a little bit about the sort of journal journal that i kept of what i experienced that i had never experienced before so it's a weird thing too and you're like i mean i thought i i you know i didn't come out here with with no shade and like no um or nothing to nothing to block the sun, you know, no sunglasses, no shade hat, no long sleeves. I came out there I came out here with everything that you would even the average like desert hiker kind of explorer adventurer person would have and a lot more cuz I do you know, I do go go pretty overboard, go pretty over the top on on nerding out and stuff. But but then again, you could fall short <laughs> because of unexpected extremes. And then what do you do? Then you have to hack things together. Then you have to improvise. Then you really see like what some limits are that you that you only read about, you know, or that you. So you got to wonder, and you got to start getting into those modes of like, okay, this could be it. I'm just going to monitor my condition and, you know, go by the book of, you know, trying to stabilize and just look for the signs and just monitor and make sure things are, you know, whether it's your body temperature, your, your core body temperature or, or signs like you're no, you stop sweating, you were sweating and then you stop or the, again, I'm not going to try to get into all those details, but but the 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 sort of like being being a boy's boy about uh, telling s- stories about your in- your scars and stuff like getting together and wanting to like talk about that kind of stuff. Well, you know there was some gruesome things. You know, just feeling like you're not not just not feeling not only feeling like it, but um, I mean a lot of people they say if they don't have a shower, you know, if they don't have access to a shower, they're going to um, they're going to lose their minds because you just they just feel so if it's humid or dry heat or whatever it is like if if you if you don't if you can't scrub rinse and scrub you know every day then it can really change your mood you know it can really affect that's why it's so interesting to think about like how madness can creep up on you if you're not careful and it's good to have some um experience of like being in extreme survival situations so that you can 
you can start to really assess like things where your character can start to distort from these compounding frustrations and discomforts that can just make you you know grumpy like it's like it it puts 50 years on your life on 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 the 50 years of acceleration on your mind and you end up a just cranky and grumpy you know at the very you know at the to say the least and uh you know, I've I've lived I've been a truck stetter for quite a while now. You know, I've been spoiled with the most palatial bathrooms with the biggest tubs and most fancy ornate things and because I was spoiled with that stuff, I know that if I have to go without it and I got to go be a cowboy ninja commando, you know, off grid or whatever and you know, jerry rig up different types of cold showers or solar water heated showers. I've done a bunch of those different types of things too. Camp shower, you know, that you can heat up water by putting it at an elevated point in a bag. And then, you know, there's a bunch of different hacks like that. But that's assuming you got water to spare. My situation has been, um, you know, being a mostly a, 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 a working a working uh houseless truck stetter for for as a hodler you know if that means anything to you extreme hodling trying to you know become upwardly uh, upwardly socially mobile by cutting out the the middleman of uh <laughs> of paying rent and uh you know some people were accommodating to me and let me um you know camp outside in a backyard or whatever but for the most part you know for n- quite a number of years it's been um it's been a life of um, living outside, and to me, that's in Southern California. <laughs> you're crazy not to aspire to do that. And now I'm not the only person. It's not a taboo to have a hashtag van life or something like that. Now it's like hip, so tiny homes and all that stuff. So you know, I'm not ashamed of it, and and I do it my own way. I make it a work of art. I live in a work of art. Um, and I expose myself to the elements because I like the elements, you know, and I like to be moderated. I don't, I like to have cold make me want to cuddle more with myself or with others, you know, to bundle up more and to surrender it and to let go of the workaholism and read a book, you know, um, to sleep longer, to get up when it's warmer and enjoy my dreams more. There's a reason to be exposed to the elements, not just to like, see if you're going to die or not, you know, it's just to be humbled by them and to let them uh, take you for a ride, you know, let them be sort of a psychedelic experience. So this time, you know, yeah, I got taken for a ride and it wasn't, it wasn't always pleasant. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll share some unpleasant things first and then I'll share what I'm grateful for, the things that were, that were very pleasant um, over the summer and surviving this relentless heat. And things were unexpected emergent properties after having been adapted to what would you call it like sponge bathing? You know, it's not that's not the weirdest, grossest, skid rowest thing, although, you know, it's nothing. It's it's not it's it's a that's a very uh, established meme, you know, sponge bathing, you know, in austere settings when you don't have the water to spare. Um and, uh, you know, for, for that can mean different things. For me, I have found my sweet spot is just like a, a spray bottle with um, very natural, very biodegradable um, soap. Uh, and that can be composted and whatnot and just 
tiny amounts of that drip trip just drops of that so of that liquid soap in a in a water bottle and then and then um just uh if it's if it's that hot then you know you're not gonna mold your you know you're not gonna mold anything it's gonna evaporate soon enough if you don't do you know if you do it well it's still hot enough you may not it may not even feel cold at all but uh but just uh yeah i mean i've kept myself i've kept myself clean um not <laughs> but you know there's people over overwash and use chemicals and destroy the uh the balance of uh of good bacteria on their skin so you know i've i've discovered that like oh yeah my skin is actually not supposed to have a chlorine chloramine blasting shower every day i mean i love the experience of that and i believe me when i had the when i had the facilities to 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 spoil myself with long showers every day certainly after hard days of work i love that that was the highlight of my day you know um unless there was some some action to be had with the <laughs> with the lover you know but that was that was uh that was divine however i always kind of or not always but i did know i did learn that like that's not always um best for actually the health of your skin so you have some room to i mean i know i had some room to to to, um scale that back and uh i miss it you know i miss it a lot it's kind of like (laughs) it's a luxury um and something I, i i do appreciate when i have the chance but uh but living bathing out of a spray bottle kind of using rags and uh and just minimizing um the use of water um minimizing like figuring out how to just life hack micro use of water for laundry it's like maybe maybe we don't need to use all of that water um to do all that stuff because i'm not gonna say you probably think i'm you know nasty you know homeless bum or whatever if i if i go into too much detail about my 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 bathing and laundry routines but i will say you know i'm not (laughs) i would want to make a pit stop if i was going to go on like a really a really you know fancy first date because i don't think i think i'm a little more um a little more fragrant uh (laughs) from this lifestyle than like than people would be used to if i was to be going out you know or something but uh, in a city but uh but if that cowgirl you know uh Dakini's out there somewhere just like uh with her uh you know her um sponge bath or uh you know stock tank jacuzzi or whatever like there's a lot of life hacks that people do desert rats they call us you know and we may not be the sweetest smelling folk but uh you know we're probably in some ways healthier and probably in many ways more resilient and more um more more capable of dealing with with uh with different types of shock to to the system and also you know for me like (laughs) after this summer i kind of not only psychologically know what to expect and what i gotta do to kind of make it even more comfortable if it you know is if it gets hotter and worse next time but i'm also just that much more acclimatized and that much less afraid of it or less you know um uh i mean there's there's a lot of benefit that comes from from acclimatization you know so that's 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 real that that happens it takes time you know everybody's different um (laughs) and 
believe me, that can, you know, hey, I mean, there's a, at some point, like, maybe you don't acclimatize and you die. (laughs) So at least you tried. Uh, Thanks for playing. But um, no, for me, it was not grotesque, but, but, but I was pushed to the limits of that, like, um, that spray bottle bathing technique because no matter what I did, I was just shedding skin and at at a point to where in certain places it started to look like psoriasis and I don't have psoriasis genetically. I know people who have it as a, as a, whatever they call it, um, you know, inherited, uh, disease and whatnot it can come about so later in life or I, you know sorry I don't, I don't barely know anything about it, but I know people who have had full-blown all over the place on their body psoriasis basically your skin just keeps flaking off like you have dandruff basically everywhere on your whole body and you're just your skin new skin cells just don't take for some reason so they keep dying off and replacing themselves and it, it it's really um you know, it's uh, it's sad because uh, it's very can be very antisocial. It's almost like I don't know how it compares, you know, to the stigma of leprosy. But you know, I remember one of my my basically my um, my uh, friend of the family, best closest thing to a dad I ever had. You know, he he had psoriasis, and I remember what it was like for him dating and you know what it was like for him to just um have to scrub himself and try to change his life patterns for him it was about getting a lot of sun and that was helpful um and uh i really felt for that and and it really made me compassionate for that and so when i see myself like wow i mean i wasn't scared that oh my god i'm i've I've, now i have psoriasis but i would just that's the only thing i could compare it to is just like you know it's different than just having cracked, you know, dry air giving you cracked skin or whatever. It's like this is like skin is just um, is just rolling off, and uh, and then encountering what I now know to be a very normal and expected thing called heat rash. And I would get heat rash in you know places like where your boots are, you know, anywhere where you've got like sweat, and uh, you know where the belt. The belt line, the boots, um, you're working, you know, sweating. Of course, you're going to have heat rash of, of a kind, but I was getting heat rash like all over my arms and torso and it wouldn't go away. And um, it doesn't wash off, you know, you can't scrub it off. It's like hair follicles being congested and and um, and it's just, it's just, it becomes a factor of heat. And if that heat does not subside, and it, as it didn't for just days on end, I mean, I literally felt like, my God, I've got to be the biggest like fungal um, uh, target. But the thing is also, <laughs> I have got to bow down to Gary Collins, who is the one who got me to kick sugar and to go 100% paleo. And if I was out here, and I was eating any kind of sugary um, corn syrupy, even when I was thought I was being smart about, and I thought I was still being paleo, uh, but but I did. I I, uh, I asked Gary Collins a question on the Survival Podcast uh, to talk about, and he did, he did say he's like, yeah, you know what? We got to be adding that to paleo because a lot of people can figure out how to do sweets and desserts like crazy gonzo fucking desserts with dates and agave you know, like all that stuff but it really is about a paleolithic approach to you know concentrated sugar because you know 
uh, we're overdoing even raisins. You know, I was like, oh, I'm the smartest guy in the world. I'm having my cake and eating it too. <laughs> no pun intended. I'm going all paleo and I got all my dried fruits and my trail mix. Like that shit was getting me extreme like foot fungus crotch rot even fungus on my fucking hands I mean, under my work gloves to the point where i was doing super dangerous super sketchy fucking landscaping work barefoot without gloves because <laughs> my my skin was just fucking falling off because of the fungus and that's what when that, the end of that 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 was a couple years ago just like you know peak summer heat peak work season you know for me just working like crazy and um and then i had this date and i had been thinking i was doing smart paleo um but this i went on this date and this this woman she had a she had a bit of um eczema and she was like i i've been reading up on this like no sugar diet and i'm gonna get on it and so i was looking at this book of hers and i was like i know this is the way to go wow i gotta like i even brought her some of my trail mix and she was like she was like, oh, this is so good. I shouldn't be eating it. I'm like, well, I'm like, yeah, but it's dried fruit. It's not like sugar added or whatever. It's like, yeah, but that's still too much. And anyway, that really clicked for me. And I'm glad it did because if my destiny was to go be a desert rat the way I am now, and I had not kicked all that stuff earlier, I cannot believe I would have been uh, this. I would have been candida systemic candidiasis is so bad it would never go away and it probably would make me immunocompromised and make me more um sub- subject to covid um you know pre-vaccine and and post-vaccine honestly like <laughs> you systemic candidiasis is is probably the most under um diagnosed common factor accelerating progressing all different types of diseases you know between poor hydration and systemic candidiasis from overeating sugar that's underlying so many things all kinds of yeast infections jock itch like that's just the surface of it it's dug in deep all throughout your body and i know i've had like extreme acute um extreme acute uh, systemic candidiasis and i know it like it was yesterday because when i was about 25 i thought it was going to be real fucking hip of me to do the master cleanse with uh with lemon juice cayenne pepper and and uh and maple syrup and of course i had no moderation and i broke the formula with the maple syrup and i just i was like oh this is good for you and gives you energy okay so I was supposed to be cleansing myself and what I ended up with was this extreme candidiasis and uh you know it didn't kill me but it was like rashes and aches and things and just think about it like funguses can eat you all kinds of shit is trying to eat you all the time and you just make it easy for them by giving them heat and now I realize like I've never experienced until this summer crushing heat that feels like it, it like it does it gets worse at night i can't explain it but i know i heard someone else explain it recently like how that can be where it's like i'm used to like sun goes down temperature drops uh you know skin goes back to normal after you cleanse it uh but this whole like um swamp boot rot whole thing like luckily what was happening to my skin it was not fungal um or if it was it was something that was not being it was definitely mitigated by my 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 
no sugar added very very limited like natural fruit um consumption or honey and whatnot it's very very minimal um but yeah shedding skin and having it not stop and and also just sweating profusely 24 hours and not urinating and having everything you drink come out your pores and not your bladder (laughs) you know what i noticed from from those days though there were there was definitely like a a several week period with some real intense like arcs uh, within them where not only was i sweating 24 7 but basically my 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 you know my camper setup um you know the 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 cushions that i make a bed out of i line them with um a couple of like gi- ginormous thick uh beach towels basically that i got i got them for doing yoni puja i got them for uh for squirting yoni uh damage control on sheets and things like these massive like um you know tantrics joke about like you know having stacks of towels and stuff well yeah, at the at the height of my practice, doing that kind of um, that kind of stuff, uh, sexual healing, tantric sexual healing stuff, before shit hit the fan, and doing that, you know, that's what those were for, and then they became my uh, desert rat survival, profusely sweating all of my fluids out twenty four seven, basically my uh, my my bedding and. Uh, and so then, 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 because they're getting soaked constantly, you know, I have to, I have to occasionally wash them and not use too much water to wash these giant things. But then, just really, like, hey, I can disinfect them with putting them out in the sun and just letting them bake. You know, they get a little stiff. You know, they're not getting that nice comfy fabric softener kind of thing they get real crusty just baking in the sun but um but i noticed that like for some reason um i mean it's kind of like you know if you didn't have ac in your car ever you live in a hot place your car seat never really stinks you know like it seems like whatever causes bo it tends to just stay well probably because it's living uh, you know living on the skin but it doesn't, I mean, yeah, I guess things like smelly socks and certainly clothes, dirty clothes can get rank. But for some, something is interesting about, I can't explain why, but uh, but these, maybe it's just because I'm numbed out to it. And maybe you would think it's this, the hor- most stench, uh, bog of eternal stench uh, experience. But uh, but no, I'm, no I, my, I know the difference because if my socks and underwear get, get rank, you know... Um, from that type of bo it's 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 it stands out but uh but yeah these towels have held up and um i'm not giving anybody any fucking advice i'm just (laughs) taking notes of what i have put myself through and what i have survived and um it's 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 worked out you know i've been in this this uh just realizing okay this is water water's got to obviously be prioritized and it's 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 been about yeah uh on on average i would say drinking two gallons a day um drinking throughout the night uh and the worst nights when i literally could not sleep um because it was so fucking hot um it worked for me to use the same spray bottle i bathed with to just spritz down to, to, to create that um, 
that layer, that evaporative layer that gives you that differential and temperature that's like a really magical thing. So that's what, you know, outdoor misters are for. And, uh, you know, I'd say by next year I will splurge or give in or whatever I got to do. Hopefully if I'm smart, it'll all be rainwater. And if I'm even smarter, it'll be treated naturally in a way that doesn't make it a legionella <laughs> uh, death chamber um that's a whole other thing that i have to be learning and thinking about and strategizing for is um is uh the legionella Le- legionnaire's disease um which is basically you know water in certain temperature ranges that uh is stagnant i.e your (laughs) your off-grid survival water tanks or whatever you're doing um you know there's there's outbreaks of that stuff in the news periodically sometimes it's really bad uh and uh, everybody's different but uh, certainly affects the elderly but basically it's a nasty kind of pneumonia that kills people and it's just a bacteria that uh tends to go crazy um growing in pipes and in in stagnant water uh and it's it's all throughout nature but i believe you know in natural aquatic ecosystems it has some competition it's balanced with other things i know i've been exposed to it a million times it's kind of ubiquitous in the environment but i think it's a sort of effect where you know just like other types of things where you know too much all at once too much of a concentration there it's kind of a over um over representation of 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 them in one place at one time and you definitely do not want them to be taking up shop uh you know setting up shop in your lungs um but that's a whole nother conversation but it's something to factor in but yeah i've been able to stay relatively clean um my kidneys have not collapsed, although there were times where I felt like I might be on the verge of passing stones, but it never happened. And, and, uh, I, I don't, you know, if I did, if it was a survival show and I had doctors standing by, I would love to have had x-rays. I'd love to have had diagnosis from someone who would just be able to just troubleshoot. I was reaching around, feeling around, looking at anatomical maps, reading, articles trying to figure out like what i should be watching out for um just for you know for um i mean dehydration is hell on the kidneys because whatever um deposits of minerals would have been more easily flushed out by more abundant flow of 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 um of of, uh, fluids if you you know if you if that's limited and obviously it's going to be compounding rapidly it's a like the richter scale you know it it gets bad fast and it and it, it can be you know it can be irreversible damage so um i don't know i definitely went through some some recurring and some sort of um semi constant pains in my lower left abdomen uh and it was just confusing if 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 some of those might have been anything other than um kidney stones or or kidney problems caused by dehydration or by contaminants in the water you know i mean i had to go i will give i will i will give a shout out to berkey water filters they're not sponsoring me they probably wouldn't touch me with a 10-foot pole uh but uh 
but anybody can buy them anybody can own them and uh and and i swear by them and certainly they they made a big difference because uh you know i i had um i you know it's one of those things like uh, i've had them in my life and then i switched to like the uh the berkey sport water bottle thing and i'm like oh that'll be fine but then you know as i would cut corners and use other um when it wasn't convenient i didn't have the the space for it or whatever uh in fact this is the first time i have owned my own berkey black setup and i did what jack spirko said and save half the money by by buying the filters themselves buying the the replacement filters separately without the berkey um like water tower thing and uh and save a bunch of money believe me i'm going to want to uh (laughs) do what i got my friend to do which was to buy the full setup um but but i've been you know trying to be frugal uh during huddle cycles and um and you know yeah i mean i cut corners on my health to huddle and uh and i i might have hell to pay for it but um but but if anything if, if there was one grace that i got one you know expenditure that i made that uh that probably was the most important the most important corner not to cut for me and i learned the hard way this year and i knew it i knew i knew it i knew better i knew better but I had to learn the hard way and I did suffer excruciating pain and also just the the psychological pain of not knowing like oh my god have I really done it this time you know and I would not I would not be able to look look myself in the mirror I, I'm, a, I'm an embarrassment to my my peers and colleagues you know uh if I did this and certainly like this is um yeah, it'd be a horror story, a tragic horror story of somebody taking extreme hodling and survival, mixing extreme survivalism and hodling to where you do something really dumb. Like, you know, I mean, it's one thing to just start buying non-organic, cheap, canned produce, you know, um, <laughs> which I've done to be a hodler. And I make up for it when I get bargain buys on sometimes you're like, oh, my God, the stuff that's organic is the same price as the stuff that's not course people will say things about organic not being all it's cracked up to be and being corrupt and whatnot but hey at the end of the day i look at the ingredients list and you know fucking (laughs) the organic stuff usually has less insane horrific uh uh additives than the non you know so i want i lean towards that but um but hey i think i do a lot to offset my free radical intake and you know i feel great like i feel, even even when i was uh, suffering it wasn't i was not suffering dehydration i was drinking a lot the thing was is just like where does it all go if fucking is going out my pores it's like rotting some of my skin off in the process uh flies and moths and all kinds of insects are basically i'm like a lake for them like they're 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 with me all the time luckily not too many flies but i really have become like this moth um reservoir and it, they're very uh, i don't know what it is i mean they're to me they're 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 beautiful they're i don't want to talk shit about flies you know but uh but these moths like they i don't know i guess that's my spirit animal now i'm the moth whisperer um to me they're just beautiful they're gorgeous i even like the sound of the the word 
moth. I don't know what it is. Ma. It's got ma in it. But um, they've been all over me. And the, the way they, they're, they're very tickly and sensual. And they don't make any noise, you know. Like, they don't get in my face. They just go and they drink the beads of sweat off me. And then they tickle me a little bit. And, you know, they hang out. And shit, there's a whole bunch of them. I'm probably responsible for spawning a whole colony. They maybe They probably named a generation of their children after me or something but um it's it's beautiful i i love them and uh you know whatever harm that may come to me i'll have to look into it if i'm you know doing something stupid but for now i'm ignorantly blissfully ignorant about 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 um not at all being um you know uh repelling these moths i'm i'm, I'm loving them um but uh yeah I feel great now. Uh, the the lower abdominal issues have all completely gone away, all because of Berkey. That's the one thing I have to credit. And I, you know, hey, it's like when I was using Berkey, and it, <laughs> how would you know that they're doing all the wonderful things they're doing for you when you just feel great and you don't know why, and you just know that's a it's an emergent property of doing a lot of things for with wellness but hey take something like that out and cut corners on that the way i did when i was like oh i'm not gonna buy the whole setup or i'm too mobile whatever it was i made excuses i suffered for it and i suffered acutely and i probably could have died and i could have done i will not i will you know i feel great but i still could have done permanent damage i could i could have lowered my kidney functioning because of um you know not filtering water properly and therefore dealing with contaminants that i shouldn't have had to put my liver through and that's also like a big part of my shift from plastic water containers to glass and metal is that i fucking do not want to wonder if like the previous contents of a food grade water container you know have some leaching chemical funkiness that like in conjunction with the heat or or just the concentrate whatever like but Berkey solved all that I mean Berkey took the weird plastic remnant aftertaste out of the water and believe me like <laughs> I will be so thrilled when I um fully transition to zero plastic bulk water storage containment but that that uh that's a bridge i'm gonna have to cross and there's really no excuse not to other than this is just um you know state of emergency transition this is not optimal and a lot of things i wouldn't get because i wasn't vaccinated and didn't want to go out anywhere you know i wanted to minimize i'm not going to go out where everyone thinks this shit is not happening and they're fighting over masks like and they're and i'm gonna wear a mask and they're gonna want to fight me because i'm wearing like no fucking way i'll just drink out of my plastic and put my my body through hell until my berkeys show up in the mail you know go pick them up and and do the bucket thing so that was the thing you can <laughs> you can save money by getting the filters by themselves installing them into a five gallon bucket and uh because hey they're berkey filters if you don't like the five gallon bucket uh you think that's not you know eco or, or clean or food grade or whatever it's like well it is now because berkey's gonna filter all, all that shit out so um 
Yeah, this is uh, my life. My continued existence is uh, not officially sponsored by, but definitely brought to you by, very literally brought to you by the, uh, you know, those filters. And I was using other filters and they were not fucking cutting it. So, you know, like, (laughs) I will, I will, um, I feel very good about that. You know, I feel very good about shouting them out in that way. Uh, So, so I'm not going to make a call to action, but I will say, yeah, fuck. If like, um, there's one fucking thing that in climate change, you better have something of And No, like I said, I, I had the small, I went from the big ones. I had the small one in my, you know, um, in my sport bottle, whatever my, my water bottle like that has done a lot for me, but I'm the kind of guy who will forget to keep up with like the gallon count or whatever. And just like use the same filter over you. You know what I mean? Just fuck of all times this is the time like okay i'm gonna replace shit when it says to replace it i'm not gonna you know what i mean that's that kind of behavior has got to stop and now i really have painful lessons hard fucking painful lessons of not not fucking cutting cutting corners with that and um and yeah it's been it's been cool too with all the sunlight you know it whatever berkey is not filtering out that could be pathogenic that's biological the way that I'm filtering it out, I have it going dripping down into into uh, glass jugs. So it goes from the Berkey, it goes from the Berkey filters into glass jugs that are getting baked in the sun. It's basically fucking practically. You know, it's almost like it's so hot. Like it's just like in the middle of the night. I'm I open my water bottle, my my uh, glass water bottle, and literally it's like hot tea. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess you know called the fucking tropics a a um a wet dream for all pathogens to flourish around the clock 365 24 7 365 and it doesn't cool down at night it doesn't cool down in the winter you know everything flourishes so if you are out of balance you know anywhere you know in your blood on the surface of your skin fucking on your scalp and your anything you're gonna be taken over you're gonna be colonized quick and you're gonna go down it's gonna suck and you might not come back up from it so um i guess i'm acclimatizing myself you know to to that this is uh I'm not complaining, you know, if I, yeah, if I, if I went to go and if I just said, Hey, I'm going to go visit the tropics and it was my first time, then I would be, I would be going, Oh my God, this is a lot to adapt to. Um, but also it's, you know, the, 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 the compounding factors are like rationing water, you know, um, and, and that means not doing what, what is smart to do and which I like, what I would like to do, you know, I don't have. I don't currently have enough solar pow- power to create cold water to, to to refrigerate things and to create ice. So I'm really pushing the limit of the medical preparedness stuff by not doing not being able to do what's right at least yet. Um, and so it's been a decision. It's like if I can survive without it, I want to survive without it. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to have more gadgets and gizmos. I'm like, why? There were indigenous people who did not have fucking ice makers. You know, part of me just says, like, if I can, whatever I can fucking survive without another modern device to be another fucking um, crutch, another prosthesis to the system. 
you know, like it's me, it's the sun, it's like um, being humbled and and really being bedridden and trying not to get fucking bed sores while I'm at it, you know, rotating, figuring out how to hold my balls and and like get airflow so I don't have any like literally figuring out postures to be in all day long and and even all night long to where there's no part of my body where two pieces of skin are touching because that just becomes uh, you know a, a, a swamp and it's also a waste of water i'm having to like sweat more so you know <laughs> it's just it's been a lot of a lot of weird stuff but uh you know the uh it, inter- interrupting the rem slight the rem cycle i see how that can be compounding and lead to you know frayed ends of sanity and whatnot um but i i basically said okay i'm gonna have to you know um I could get in like two hours of productivity before I just, it gets so hot that all I can do is, um, and I would say cannabis has been a big help (laughs) being able to, to do edible or, you know, edible cannabis, cannabis oil. It makes me not agitated about the heat. And I noticed if I don't have that medication (laughs) and I'm dealing with the heat, then it's like, Oh, this is so fucking wrong. You know, this is like feeling like this is so gooey and nasty and, and just so uncomfortable and it's like yeah you know what i can i can i can um anchor it to this experience like you ever drawn a bath and and you you know you're so excited about it there's no way you're gonna like go back and forth and wait for it to cool down or add cold water whatever just like fuck it i'm getting in and you get in you're like oh shit and like it's like 10 times what your what a sauna would be or whatever just that experience of like oh my god i feel it feels very uncomfortable it's not just it's not that it's it's not that it's burning you it's not like it's an uncomfortable sensation because because the temperature of the water is too hot it's like what it does to your consciousness and your brain where it's like not comfortable there once it gets slightly below that zone of being like not comfortable then it's the most blissful thing ever a hot bath the most blissful thing ever but but when well, when it's cooking your fucking brain and you know um it's not you know there's like a sweet spot of a hot tub or whatever but like imagine that just never non-stop like 24 7 that's what it's been like for me and it's like it's um you know it's it's that's why i say like it's it's been it's been a uh experience because i think about how unpleasant that experience is of getting in a bath where it's not it's not too hot for your skin you can put your skin in it your skin will adapt quicker or quickly relatively if it's not scalding hot you know you'll adapt to it you'll be fine you know um but uh but when you but when it just feels like oh my god this is cooking my brain i can't i can't enjoy how this feels great on my body but i can't enjoy it because it's hurting you know it's not it's not like a headache it's just a form of like just discomfort i can't really explain other other than just like that feeling of being right there there's nothing else like it you know so (laughs) if i if i knew i was going to be living a a, a reality where there was no escape from that and i was going to have to like function and do everything use you know uh use composting toilet um prepare food you know 
keep on top of um, administrative stuff and business and finance, personal finance, like uh, try to actually do anything of sort of building this project out. Um, under that state, I would have said no fucking way. There's no way I would be able to do anything. It's too debilitating. It's too crippling, this, this state of mind that is like the excessively hot bathtub experience that cooks your brain and you just feel like you can't, you know... I mean, your brain is not... It is like a form of drunkenness. Like, it is a form of, of like... Uh, what do they call it? Um, not intoxication, but... Uh, um, the... Uh, um, it's, the it's like the... the, the um, well, it, it'll come to me, but... Uh, impairment, yeah. It, it's, it's, impair, it's, it's definitely a form of impairment, you know, and it's just, it's uncomfortable and it is impair, it is a form of impairment and to have it not go away all day and all night, no matter how much water you drink, um, you know, the thing, if I was going to tap out and, you know, cut a corner of being Mr. Ancient Man or whatever, right? Like future primitive man. It's like, okay, I'll get a few extra solar panels. I'll get a little ice maker and then I'll do what is, you know, medically responsible in the modern world, which was, which would be to take a cold wrap of, uh, of, of basically take fabric, dip it in the ice water and, um, and then wring it out, and then um, wrap the 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 neck. Uh, wrap the, basically wrap the neck, wrap the uh, groin, and wrap the uh, the armpits because that's where the 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 main blood flow is, and where you, you want to cool the blood. Cooling the blood at its central access points is going to cool get get everywhere else the fastest. So very interesting you know, heat, uh, treatment, um, life hack, thanks to, uh, to Doc Bones and Nurse Amy, and I did not know that before, I wouldn't have necessarily gone, uh, straight to those places, but now, now I get that, and so, you know, other than that, even without ice, like, I, I've got, I, now I have splurged on a few things to where I have, you know, quite a quite a quite a number of more gallons of water on hand than I did when I was afraid to go anywhere with you know being unvaxxed and the covid mania and uh whatever you might think about me for saying I was afraid I mean I think it's a calculated justifiable fear to where I was like okay here's my water supply I'm going to wait this out longer you wait for more people to get vaccinated the better if you can be away from you know i call it zero exposure so i was basically just in total quarantine almost this whole time like a very 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 little exposure since january of 2020 for me to anybody and it's been you know learning lessons of living off grid um since then and uh with varying degrees of rainwater varying degrees of uh at the previous place there was you know, um, farm water basically coming in irrigation pipes. So this has been since March of this year, since mid-March, I have been fully off-grid with no, 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 um, like, um, nothing to lean on, you know, other than what I pack in here. So I pack in my own solar power system, I pack in the water, 
and uh, I've captured a few drops of rainwater and I've optimized for more and I'm ready to capture more. What I really hope is that I get to, like the water that I have now gives me enough to spoil myself with um you know even more frequent uh spray bottle bathing and spoil myself with even if it's not ice water at least it's some it, it is it is a big effect if you can you know if i can um you know uh dunk my my clothes even if the water is even if the water is um even if it's boiling water, you know, <laughs> that's being, even if everything is, is, uh, there's nothing cool about the water itself, but just that, that, uh, that, 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 um, that water being in contact with the skin and, and being in the clothes, it, it does, it does definitely, um, help with cooling the body temperature. So, you know, that I can do more of, uh, with, with the extra water I have. And then I hope that, um, the temperature continues to get more <laughs> get cooler and that the rains come and i will have prayed for rain and danced for rain more than ever in my life never before ever in my life will the rain the rain that's already come a couple of times you know throughout the summer um never so joyous and when it really starts to come and uh <laughs> i might be dealing with bigger problems you know with uh with with torrential rain certainly all over the world people are suffering insane and just crazy amounts of rain of uh disastrous um flooding and, and rainfall uh so hopefully hopefully i mean I, i'd say to myself get bring it hey can i have it all here like i want all of it here right now like cool me off and top off my tanks and you know fuck if it, you wash me miles away i'll fucking you know i'll swim back or i'll row back you know but uh you know i say that with all due respect to the people who are really suffering and i because i may be one of them you know i think i'm on high enough ground but i could be wrong um, or all my systems uh, could get destroyed by storm. The rain could just be too much but than, than what I bargained for. But I'm hoping that... Um, well, I'm hoping that, um, that I, I will be able to no longer... Well, at least for a while, you know, eventually, the, eventually, yes, I will be able to have um, non-plastic, large-volume rainwater catchment systems to where... The rainy season, you know, having that in place, I will. I won't have to import sketchy water with sketchy chemicals and sketchy fucking pharmaceuticals. I don't. As far as I know, rain rainwater is is no is not uh, highly contaminated with forever chemicals and everybody's pharmaceutical backwash. I could be totally wrong, and God is. I hope I'm. I'm right. I hope that still rainwater is still if it's not uh you know coming from down downwind of a smokestack or something um it's still it, you know i'm still gonna i'm still obviously filtering that but uh but yes pray for me that the rains come and that they don't wash me away or kill me but that they uh, allow me to wash myself a little bit more to cool down a little more uh intelligent in a little in more of an intelligent manner um, by dunking water and dunking clothes and water that I can spare for that purpose, and um, and that I don't have, and that I can just stay topped off. I wish I did more to cap to capture more of it. Um, I know I'm never gonna. 
I'm never going to be happy. Well, I'm never going to have too much rainwater catchment capacity. I'm only going to wish I had more. So, yeah, made it this far. Um, had to, uh, you know, be be incapacitated by, by heat. Uh, and uh, I guess I can wrap up by saying, you know, the... Um, if I wasn't completely debilitated by the sun and completely averse to going out in public to go get supplies to um, to counteract that heat, then what makes it the most sense where I'm at to do is to use a practice called um, basically earth use, using creating natural climate control, natural AC by running tubes underground bury them several feet deep get a good hundred foot stretch of of uh, of pipe going you have an intake that may or may not require um uh a fan to blow the uh the the air from the air coming down it's going to create a a thermo uh i think it was called a thermal siphon if it's done right um you should get airflow uh without a fan but if it's a long distance or you want extra uh i mean i'm not telling you the specs of how to do it. i'm just kind of you know i've seen it i've experienced it i know what can happen in a baking desert when you when you bury tube underground for a length of uh you know long enough 100 feet ish uh and deep enough underground so you're getting into that that um that annual or there's a there's a, a beautiful reality that the earth's temperature remains it it doesn't it's not affected by extreme cold or extreme heat it's basically like a a very um static uh temperature below a certain number of feet of the earth in most in you know um in all but the most extreme climates you know you can get a pretty pretty standard uh earth temperature at a certain depth and then if you run pipes to have air be basically air conditioned by being um affected a bit by by for that air to be to be um in that exchange that heat exchange with that uh with that ground temperature then it co- it can be the hottest air f- coming out of the hottest day on the surface and it gets cooled underground and then either by the fans or the thermo siphoning or both you have basically ac blasting through a pipe that you would you know f- go from the ground up into your whatever for me it's probably going to be a uh, some ad- some adaptation of the super adobe earth bag dome structures so <laughs> and when it when it when it cools off i got i will have time to to really strategize and and you know go and get the materials and think through it and build it so that by the time the summer comes again i'm not going to be having to sweat like that i'm not going to be exposed to it i will be cooled by the earth and i won't have to dig a giant underground bunker i will be able to pipe cold air into an above ground small dome house if i want or any any other structure i want to build and that can refrigerate food uh more or less um and it can and it can keep me from all of those ill effects of heat exposure i mean none i will be basically living as though 
I have been in air conditioning. So, like I said, if I would have got a few months head start on this, and if you know I wasn't in the hodl mode, I could have you know made that happen. Also, the pandemic was a, was a huge limiting factor. But I am not ungrateful that I had this level of exposure because it made me a, a, a water more of a water worshiper, more of a sun <laughs> worshiper in terms of the wrath of the sun. And, uh, and I do feel great. I mean, there's something to be said for sweating out things and sweating your cooking your demons out and things. So, you know, the way that I feel now, um, <laughs> it's a miracle. I would not be happy. I would not be thrilled. Um, if I was suffering, you know, chronic pain or chronic illness from having really fucked this up. And I know I could have. And so don't take advice from me to learn from me as a dumbass and don't make my don't don't make my mistakes um if you're smart you'll do what i will do by next year which is to use uh uh natural ac by by earth tubing <laughs> is what is what it's going to be all about um but if you want to you know have um uh near-death experience 24 7 and uh not know you know if you should be seeking medical help and not wanting to find out what possibly you could be doing to fuck yourself up um, by not using by not splurging on Berkey water filters even even without the whole <laughs> the whole tower I mean I, I, I'm, I'm here by the grace of something I survived so again thankful for them thankful for all of the um, reference material that's that I've used to, to kind of get through this and uh just the psychological emotional resilience that's that's me you know that's um <laughs> maybe that's stubbornness and it could kill me maybe it's be better to be less stubborn and, and then you would tap out sooner and probably be safer that way but uh but but no i mean my mindset has been ancestors didn't have that shit fuck that shit you know what i mean so i want to do the ancestral everything and uh but they would have had <laughs> wise ways to beat the heat as well um and uh you know but 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 at some you know at some level um you know <laughs> roughing it is roughing it and uh you know you can do all kinds of things to hack this and hack that but uh there's something to be said for it you know there's a reason why they do vision quests the way they do them there's a reason why they do uh you know um the walkabout and why they do the sundance it's like it's not all supposed to be easy street you know um so at least having some ability to to control your exposure um is a good thing i i definitely you know i definitely took some risks but um didn't kill me made me stronger some people say you know overexposure to heat can can like basically it's all it's like a can basically make you more um more sensitive to to it so basically like you lose your heat endurance your heat tolerance if you if you i've heard people say that if you if you get in the red you're really like basically now you're fucked because you're you're going to be less resilient to heat after that like your body's going to kind of betray you in that sense and then i've heard other people counter that and say no if you put yourself to the extreme then you're setting 
you know, you're setting a higher standard of threshold of what you can tolerate. So like some people go and train at high altitudes so that, so that they'll be dancing circles around whoever they're going to box, you know, uh, after they've been used to easy breathing and now they've been up there training in, you know, high elevation. So I'm going to, I'm going to take it that, uh, you know, yeah, even because there were times when the heat, as debilitating as it was, I still at times had to like do some shit that was heavily exerting and, you know, do some emergency operations or whatever in that heat. And um, it wasn't pleasant, but, you know, you had to pull out the beast mode and like do it um, and hope, you know, you hope. But, but I was very cautious not to fuck around with like losing consciousness because of heat exhaustion because if i do that out here i will wake up with red ants tearing my skin off and god knows what else and certainly the sun baking me so you know shade and remaining the humility of remaining like in this like cocoon of what i can you know create shade and cover with when no trees in the middle of the desert you know that um that's very humbling so i'm also a shade worshiper more than i ever was and uh but yeah that's uh that's probably plenty plenty to say plenty to commemorate plenty to say fucking if i don't act more responsibly and more intelligent next time with whatever brain power i have left after being cooked like this um you know i i can't say i didn't know better and if i don't make make um if i don't uh you know build and evolve from this um then uh if i don't master this you know then then uh, i got bigger problems but but uh yeah by next year i will have the ability to limit my exposure to extreme sun conditions and then like however much of this summer that I want to be reminded of or that I, or that was sacred or was divine, you know, then, um, then I can walk outside and of my, my earth tube cooled, uh, you know, hut and, uh, earth bag hut or whatever. And, um, and experience that for whatever amount of time and then go back into that, um, that safety zone, which I just have not had here. So yes, <laughs> it's not about you know to me it's it's not about extreme survivalism is about learning and evolving and adapting so that uh so that you you know you want to be i mean i want to be comfortable when i'm dealing with unexpected emergencies that way it's not happening it's not emergency is not happening and i don't have my hat like you know, I think about, for example, if I drive anywhere during the day in this, in the summer in Southern California, if I had AC in the car, would I have sunglasses around my neck? Would I have a hat on my head? I'm like, no, I might have them, you know, in the trunk or something like, but what if you get in an accident and then you're instantly, or you get pulled over and they drag your ass out, you know? I would hope if they, you know, drag your ass out, they would uh, inspect your sunglasses and put them back on you and inspect your hat and put it the fuck back on you. Or, uh, you know, but if, but it's like, 
whoa, now I really think twice about you can be, if you have to be in the sun for more than a few minutes and you're a white boy like me, you know, not not being in a situation where you wish you would have fucking had sunglasses, um, long sleeves, and, uh, and, and, a, and a sunshade hat, like, on you in the car, like, ready to fucking roll out that fucking door or be pulled out that fucking door and be protected from the sun. That, that, that's, you know, that's something where, um, you know, I say being a sun worshiper and getting your fucking ass handed to you the way I have, it means like, uh, I ain't going anywhere without, you know, more water than I thought I needed. I'm not going anywhere without more sophisticated water filtering systems than I thought were, would have been fine or that I was okay with before. So it just takes things up another level and now if i'm buffered and armored more with heat and the sun and my body being acclimatized my body having survived that then whatever mission or operation or or emergency or disaster or rescue op- whatever it is you know if it's not me getting myself um you know, from point A to point B, if it's me helping someone else, if it's not me facing a personal emergency, if it's me, you know, showing up to help render aid, I will be less of a liability, more of an asset. Being having fucking less hubris about surviving extreme heat, you know, and um, yeah, I guess I guess that's my badge. That's what I. That's the badge I get to have, you know, is, is after this one, um, you know, <laughs> because I survived sustained long duration, 24-7 temperatures that kill people, and uh, it didn't kill me because of strategies that I, uh, uh, that I apl- employed, and, um, you know, they saved my life, and here I am, so... <laughs> More than enough to say for now, more than enough to refer back to and say, <laughs> told you, I can tell myself I told you so. Oh.